I want to sell to more people. I want to relate to more people. I kind of feel like leadership teams ought to do a better job of that. And I'm just highlighting the, I think there's an opportunity, everybody. I think being good at that, like ends up selling to more people. I'm in the business of making money. Uh, let's link all those things together and go be better at this. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. What makes a good voice for podcasting and radio, specifically within the technology sector? What communication characteristics are important? What traits are key and easily translate into success? How vital is experience when it comes to finding that voice? While not everybody can be very white and have that deep bass, a good tenor, maybe a baritone might help. But we have with us today an experienced leader in this space, a voice that's known in this sector, and it comes from a good friend of ours. He's owned and operated an IT solution provider, for over a decade, he acquired organizations. He was eventually bought out. His firm was a winner of multiple awards, including becoming a finalist for Microsoft's Worldwide Partner of the Year in the small business category. After his MSP experience, he worked for various vendors, including companies like Level Platform, GFI, Logic Now, SolarWinds, leading community events, leading marketing efforts, product strategies. And then when you look at what he's doing now, He's transitioned into a different world, a different world role because of his voice, because of his experience. He is the voice behind the business of tech, a leading IT services focused news platform, a podcast, YouTube series. He's got it all there because thousands of listeners and subscribers listen to him. They tune in because of his voice, because of his experience. We are here with our good friend, Dave Sobel. Dave, how are you doing today? Oh, guys, I'm excited to be on and, and lucky with the voice, apparently. <laughs> so I, but I'm super excited to talk to you guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is Danny. And from time to time, because Dave and I are identical twins and people have told us that we actually do sound alike, we're going to let our audience know who's actually <laughs> asking Dave this question. So, Dave, you have a very fascinating background, and I'm very happy about your background because you and I have something that is very similar. Now, in your background... You give that ability in your new role today, the role that you've been very successful in, because you relate. And one of the things we tell MSPs all the time, you have to have some type of way to relate to your client. You have to be able to speak their lingo. You have to be able to understand the, what industry they're in. You got to understand their shoes. If you can't relate, it's hard to sell. But David, you can relate because you were in their shoes. You've had great success in that industry and you've transitioned, but in a good way, to supporting the MSPs in this community now as a program host within the MSP sector. How have you done it? How exciting has this new ride been, which is not really new anymore. You've been doing it for a while, but how exciting was it to continue to evolve in this MSP community and ride into this community that you love so much? You know, scary. Like, so, so, you know, it's kind of funny because, because I mean, I appreciate it. It's very, very flattering the way, the way you describe it. That's actually not the way that I look at my own career. I ran a moderately successful regional MSP. 1.4 million at its biggest, there's 15 staff. Like I'm I'm proud of what I built, 
but but I didn't build a, a massive 200 person organization. I wasn't doing 10, 20, 30, 50 million dollars in revenue. There's guys killing it now that that are that are that are way better at the actual operations of MSP. And in fact, the only thing that I thought I was really good at was trying to learn all the time. Like I never thought I was particularly good at running it. So I so everything was about like trying to learn. Uh, I joined peer groups because I didn't think I was very good at it. I joined communities because I didn't think I was very good at it. <laughs> like I wrote books because I like I wrote a book because I was like, I think I can perfect this by practice more. Like like a lot of that. And then when I, you know, when I sold, like I'm very pleased with the transaction. I put all the money into retirement and, you know, I've got another timer. I got another, you know, 17 or so years before it's done cooking uh, in the retirement fund. But like it wasn't, but at the moment, next moment I needed a job. Like, and, and so I look at those transitions and I go like, it was a thing. Like I was a vendor for, for eight years and a lot of it was about learning. Like I didn't know how the vendors worked. I had lots of opinions, right? I was constantly telling vendors what I thought about what their offerings were, but I never worked at one. And it's like, well, okay, if you want to be like a student of technology delivery in the channel, well, you better go do something else. So I did that for eight years and got to do a lot of really cool stuff. A lot of stuff people didn't necessarily see. Did a lot of the distribution side, did a lot of the uh, the marketing in Europe. I did a lot, like stuff that the community doesn't necessarily see, but wow, I learned a lot. Got well, part of the, you know, we went through an IPO. Like there's a lot you learn doing all that, right? And then at the end, I it, for me, it was, a, it was an eight, 10 year run as MSP, eight year run as a vendor. Uh, and I built things I'm pretty proud of. Like I, I love the community that, that I built at Level. I love the community that I built at GFI, Logic Now, SolarWinds. And then I looked and said, "Well, am I going to do that again? Nah, I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to I'm going to do something else." All right. And then it was then it was this. But each is it's scary. Like coming back to the beginning, yeah. it's kind of scary. This is David. And Dave, what I appreciate is your adventure spirit. You're willing to say, "I've got to have a learner's mentality." I've got to have an appetite to learn more of what I'm doing in this business. And then that transition into what you're doing now with your voice, your personality online, on podcasting, in YouTube. So I want to talk about Elevating Voices and your podcast, specifically the business of tech. Why is it important to have programs like the business of tech in this space? Why is it important to elevate these type of topics in the MSP community and the tech community? I've got sort of two answers for the, the why do I do what I do, right? The, the first is, is, is there's, there's a little bit of like, well, I love consuming and looking at trends. I got into technology because I wanted to help people be better with technology. Like, if you kind of go back to my why, like, it's that. It's, it's, I got into computers because I think they're fun, but I also think they make things better. Like, when done well, they make things better. And my core idea has always been the, like, why I like MSPs is we're in the business of helping customers be better and more effective with technology. Well, okay, if you're going to do that, there's a lot going on, right? And and one of the key things I think about it a lot is, is that there's not one way to do it. Uh, there, there's a lot of different ways to be a technology provider today. Uh, and there's a ton of stuff happening all at once. And you kind of need a, cur a curator to help give different perspective. And so for me, it's you know, the reason I read as much news is besides it's fun and I love doing it. And I love consuming all this stuff is trying to be valuable and provide out to listeners. Hey, here's the stuff based on my experience that I think is important to you. And then I do my, why do we care segments to give you the, the reason, like, this is why I picked it out. This is why I think it's influential. And you might think I'm wrong. 
Like you might think I'm totally wrong and that's okay. I'm just giving you an informed opinion to let you do something with it. Here's this, here's the facts. Then why do we care? Dave's opinion. Now you can do something with it. And so I think the value is about like providing both sides of it and then letting listeners do something with it. And I think that's why it resonates. I love that, David. This is David again. And what I appreciate about what you said is, look, these guys need to be informed, but at the same time, they've got to come to their own conclusion. They've got to be able to make their own decisions. And the more you can keep them informed, I believe the better equipped and better prepared they're going to be to make the right decisions for their organizations going forward. And that's why you've become a trusted voice in this space. I, I want to ask you if you could walk us through, Dave, perhaps how your process, what it looks like when you're researching, because you love to study, when you're researching, okay. analyzing this sector, how do you uncover the hidden gems or the trends that maybe aren't often talked about? And why is that important for you to be able to say, look, my research, my study is not, we're not going to cover the topics everybody talks about. I want to cover the topics that aren't often talked about, but they need to be highlighted. A lot of reading, a lot of reading. So you, like, I'm a technologist. You wouldn't be, will not be surprised to know this is, that it's somewhat been systemized, right? But I, I subscribe to tons of newsletters, and I read. You know, I have so many RSS feeds, and like, and I, and I, I pull it all together into. I mean, I'm continually going through that. You know, like I, I sort of smile. I go when, when I look at my RSS reader, which is where I, what I use to pull it all together. In a day, I'll read, you know, I'll be filtering through two, 3,000 articles a day to go through. And that, by the way, I'm not reading everything, but what I'm doing is I'm filtering through that and going and diving in and out and, and, and getting in and saying, okay, that one looks interesting. That one looks interesting. Uh, and then, you know, but, but I'm doing that and I'm doing them from a variety of sources. You know, like, I mean, I read the channel press in South Africa. Did you know there's a channel press in South Africa? I'm probably the only North American guy who reads them, right? But like, I read their stuff, right? Because it's like, well, they, maybe they're seeing something I didn't see. You know, I read the the British version. I read the Australian version. I read the Indian, like for, from India. I read that version. Like it's in my it's in my filter. I read, you know, a bunch of different tech press. I read a bunch of broad press um, to try and see, well, what's jumping into the mainstream media. I read, you know, I'm I'm pulling the, the Harvard Business Review and and all of these like a whole category of business pieces. And it's just the there's an element of like, well, what gets me interested, right? And then I flag all of the stuff that, that is interesting that gets thrown into another database. And I'm continually looking through the database saying like, all right, now I'm seeing a trend or, well, those are really interesting, but nobody picked it up or, or something along those lines. And then I use that process to start writing the, writing the scripts. But it's, it's a lot of like, oh yeah, I, I spend a ton of time. I always tell people like, you know, the show is between sort of five and 10 minutes and it's getting a little longer because I've been consuming more and more. It runs about, you know, sort of nine minutes or so. Uh, to put that together, oh yeah, it's two and a half, three hours worth of work, at least to put each one down. And by the way, I think it's better when it's tight, right? Like when I'm when I'm saying a little less and being a little more focused, that's actually good. That actually is a craft, right? Like is that you've got to like constantly work on your your writing skill and like tightening it up and editing yourself because it's like it's you know I'm already talking too much right <laughs> as you hear like me naturally so i have to make sure it's really tight to deliver the value really fast we'll be right back after this short break i am delighted to announce 
that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with the Humanize IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. This is Danny and Dave, what I really appreciate about the fact that you're consuming tons of content and you're giving it to our audience is that you've become the cliff notes for the MSP industry. You've given, you've given the ability to take a full research mode and make a Blinkist type of a methodology and disseminate information around the globe. And then for 10 minutes of your day, I mean, listen, if you're an MSP, you want to stay on top of the trend, what's happening, what's going to happen down the road, it just takes you 10 minutes. You're going to get 2,000, 3,000 uh, pages worth of articles, insights, news, everything 
that Dave is going to just bring it down. So on, as you're driving to your office, there's no excuse why you can't keep up to date with what's going on. And that's because you're an avid learner. So that's another reason why, one, you relate to the industry, number one. And number two, you're giving the industry what they need in a very concise manner that they can consume without excuses. That's what I love. But not only that, you're, you're a tech geek, you're a data geek. You put them all together. I don't know if you want to call them tech data geek, whatever you want to call it, but it's that learning and study methodology that you have. Can you talk about what you found interesting in your latest diversity report? Because you put this out every year. So you had a diversity report in Q4 2023. And by the way, if you guys don't know, just go online, search Dave Sobel's name. You'll see his name across a lot of articles. He is a guest writing articles all over the place. But can you tell us a little bit more about this, the diverse report that you have, uh, Business of Tech that you put together? Yeah, so, you know, I, I I start from the place of like, look, I'm in the business of growing businesses, right? Like that's, that's the way I think about it. And I like to think about the fact that, you know, I wanna be effective, I wanna communicate well, and I want to sell to as many customers as possible. And I don't mind saying that, you know, uh, the summer of 2020, uh, spent a lot of time thinking about what was happening culturally, particularly in the US and, for me, that was a, t a time of reflection, right? Like, and one of the things that I realized was that, that, you know, in a way, I need to do a better job for myself of making sure that I'm sensitive and thinking about other perspectives. That if I want to be really great at this job, the more that I can listen to other people's perspectives, the better I'm going to be at that. And by the way, the other bit about it is, is the better I'm doing at that, the more customers I can appeal to, right? The 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 when when I can make sure that I'm understanding those other points of view, as you literally we talked about, like you know, understanding your customer. Well, I want to do a better job of understanding lots of customers, and I kind of figured the like, well, I like talking to diverse opinions, and if diverse opinions and leadership drives better results, which the data tells me it does after study after study businesses that that are that look more like their customer bases do better with those customer bases it implies that they should be aligned with the way the the, the broad customer base looks like right and let's i'm going to say it they're not all white guys like to make me right <laughs> like i'm just it's not all that right and all i am speaking to two guys who aren't right so I, I appreciate that like not everybody looks like that and so my next step was is the like well i'm data driven i wonder how much of our space because it doesn't feel like much is actually not look like me <laughs> and i started in 2020 just counting and I literally just sort of go to the websites of, of over 300 companies and I count. Like we do it every quarter, go to their websites. And I just, the basic premise is they put forth who they think their leaders are, right? I go to their website, click on leadership. That's the leadership team. Okay, well, now I can look at it and I can say, is it a bunch of white dudes or is it not a bunch of white dudes? Like, I mean, you gotta laugh. Like, we laugh about it, right? But it's like, is it or not? And I just count and we synthesize it together. And, and I don't reveal company names because this isn't a shaming process. What I'm actually trying to do is understand what's happening in our industry and is it changing? Is like, and is, and is there a correl are there correlations? And over, you know, now it's since 2020, we're going to 2024, you know, I'm going on four years of collecting the data. My short answer is, is no, it's not getting any better. 
right? And I look at it from, uh, you know, I look at both race and I look at sex. And, you know, and, and it's important to look at the male-female divide. And by the way, I know this isn't perfect. I'm just going to people's websites and counting. <laughs> like, so I may not necessarily get exactly how they identify, but I can definitely look and say it's not getting any better. We've been talking about stuff like women in the channel for a very long time. And it's still only like roughly 20, 20% of leadership are women. It's better in publicly traded companies. Uh, you know, breakdown when we look at, at African-American black representation, it's like 2% when we look, you know, it's it's like the number. And then, but more importantly, the numbers aren't getting any better. And I look at that and I just sort of say, I don't know, I want to sell to more people. I want to relate to more people. I kind of feel like leadership teams ought to do a better job of that. And I'm just highlighting the, I think there's an opportunity, everybody. I think being good at that, like ends up selling to more people. Uh, I don't know. Data tells me that I'm data driven. I'm in the business of making money. Uh, let's link all those things together and go be better at this. <laughs> like, hey, Dave, it's too simple. It makes too much sense to be able to say, let's connect the dots for us to actually do anything about it. What I'm hearing and what I think is amazing is that despite all the talk around diversity in, in technology, we need to have more, more women in positions of, of leadership at the C-suite level. We need to have more African-Americans, more Asians, Hispanics. We need to diversify the space. If it's not diversified at the top, where all the decisions, the initiative, the vision is driven, it's not going to be diverse at the bottom. You've got to have it changed at the top. And what I'm seeing and hearing from you, at least through your report, is that it's not really changed much at all. And for me, it can seem discouraging, but the reality is that those leaders that those boards of directors have got to continue to see this in their face and say, look, when I just check out a box, say, ho-hum, we we put a DEI initiative involved or ho-hum, we, yeah, we added and, a new management series. This is going to be different. And I look at it really, and it's, it's, look, it's just about being, I'm, for me, it's just practical, right? There's two basic yeah. ideas of that. First off, you want to relate to your customers, right? You want to sell more people, you should want to relate to your customers. Uh, including, last I checked, including everybody is generally a pretty good thing. <laughs> like I just like it's just kind of basic, right? Like don't be a jerk, include people. Like it, yeah. things go well when you do that. I kind of want to do that. But my second part about it is is the make the pie bigger. Yeah. I think when when people get into this whole discussion about like, you know, percentages and stuff like, no 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 no. I want to make the pool bigger. Why don't we make more leaders? Why don't we make more companies? Why don't we make bigger like why don't we make it bigger rather than try and slice and make it make a rare thing rare. Like that just doesn't seem like the right way to success. So I, when I really do focus on this idea of, of the, the takeaway should not be like, Oh, you know, these numbers need to shift in the small population. I'm counting. What we actually want to do is make more leaders. Like, Let's make more leaders, and by making more leaders, we should be able to, and they should look, be more, include more opportunities and find all of the people that could be potential leaders, make everything bigger. Last I check, when we do that, we are creating markets yes. and we are creating yes. money like that. And by the way, I'm in that business, right? I'm in the business of making stuff. <laughs> like, that's my philosophy behind it. Real quick, Dave, I got to ask as a follow-up, Lipness test. Those organizations you've been researching, obviously you've gone on the websites, you've gone into the, their collateral, their resources, you know what's there. You can only take what they've given you. Have any of them reached back out 
to say, here's what we're doing to change that, or here's what we're doing yes. to make that difference. So talk yes. about that real quickly, if you don't mind. I, I just wanted to ask. Yeah, I've had to, I mean, and I, because I allow self-reporting. I do allow those companies to report to me themselves. And, and I have a small number that, that have. Um, and by the way, I can tell you that those are the ones that that look that look more diverse uh, and, and appear to be outperforming. So, uh, <laughs> and again, like, I just basically boil this down to like, hey, guys, I'm in the business of making money. I'm in the business of growing companies. I look for characteristics of successful companies. Mm, looks like this is one of them. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and but th but they're but they're smart about it, right? They're they're doing it from the perspective of like this is something that we do just inherently. We just try and include everybody. We try and make sure that we are reflecting our customers, that we are engaged in that way, and and that's why I think the the data is super important. This is Danny. I'm I'm just in awe, and <laughs> when I hear about organizations that put this into practice, you see the success. I am just in awe. I think about certain organizations have created this thing that you talked about, this leadership poll, where they're training leaders. And we talk about create, get the pie to be bigger. Guess what? We Now we have a full pipeline of people who've been trained, more women, more minorities who have been trained to take on these C-suite roles. Think about the NFL. They, they have this pipeline where you can come in as a college coach and learn how to be an NFL coordinator or NFL position coach or a potential NFL head coach. You, you learn from a current NFL coach. And then one day you become... Uh, hopefully an NFL coach. It's such an easy thing to do if you develop that pipeline. It's like the NBA created the G League and, and they right. created this G League because there are some people who maybe they just weren't ready. Maybe they had all the tools, but mentally they weren't ready or maybe they were mentally ready, but they still needed to understand teamwork better, whatever it may be. And after a year or two in the uh, G League, they get the opportunity to go play in, in, in the NBA full time. So I love the thought process you have. And I want to encourage the audience out there, look, all you awesome vendors out there, specifically all those in the cybersecurity space now hitting MSPs every single day. You need to develop a leadership development pipeline for more women in the channel. It can't just be M uh, Michelle well, Ragusa McVeigh. Well, she let's, can't be the only one. Let, let's even go a little, little bit broader here, there, Danny. Like, I'm constantly talking on the show, on the show about the sta staffing uh, shortages, not enough technical people. We don't have enough resources. We can't hire fast enough. Like, That's a huge issue in technology companies, right? So why aren't we making more people, everybody? <laughs> like, like I just sort of laugh and I go, like, I spent a ton of time. And by the way, I, I think this is important. Like, I, I think you need to be good at building retention. I think you need to build build excellent cultures within your organizations. And you need to really focus on keeping the people you do. And by the way, one of the ways you can do that, make sure you include everybody. Make sure you're like, not a bad place to work. Like <laughs> that feels like an important basic step. But by the way, the second part about it is, is like, we should all really desperately want more people because we're constantly can't hire enough. We constantly don't have enough. So, so why wouldn't we want to lean into creating more, more people, more pipeline of stuff. And what's the best way to do that? Widen your lens as much as possible to get it as get as many possible people as you can, right? It's kind of a sales and marketing problem, right? Why would I do things that exclude groups when I can be intentional and include them? And it's simple things, right? Like taking the time to think about like, are you on a male women perspective, are you running AB testing on your job listings to make sure that you're not like you're, you're drawing in women to a particular job listing as well as men. Like 
you can do that. You can do, uh, you can make sure you're appealing in, you know, to, to racial diversity. Like you can do that to go find people and invest time in it. I don't know. It just feels to me like this is one of those things like makes a lot of sense. Uh, if we're talking constantly about not having enough people, I don't know. I think we ought to do something about fixing it. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Danny again. If you guys are interested in creating that pipeline, Give me a call. Reach out to us. We have a leadership development plan. We have a program. We'd love to work with you guys to bring in more amazing women and minorities. Dave, uh, real quick, because you're so tied into the community, you know networking is key and vital for any type of success. When people are MSPs and they buy, they don't necessarily buy because you're pitching a product. They buy because they know you, they trust you, they see you around all the time. And that's why some certain OEMs have really grown to be successful because they're actually consistently at these events. How do you leverage your network and connections within this tech industry to gain more insights and more market shifts? And you gave us a little clue earlier when you said, hey, I go to South Africa, I go to England, I look at all their press, I look at all the articles. But because you're at every single event, you were at IT Nation, you had a big old uh, big area well, that you showcased, but what, <laughs> what other ways are you leveraging this? Because I, th I just find it so fascinating. So Danny, I want to I want to actually say I only went to one event last year, large, wow. and I I only got on one plane for an event last year, and I went to two local events. Uh, so I don't want to actually over rotate on physical events; they're part of a mix, right? I lean far more into digital with what I've been doing for the past four years. Uh, like I'm a million miler from United from my United from my time as a vendor. I did used to go to a ton of events. But what I've also found is, is that 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 can be one ecosystem and there are a lot more, uh, you know, and, and so, for example, I lean into LinkedIn groups, I lean into Facebook groups, I'm active in, I'm a big listener in a lot of the Slack groups and the Discord groups, like there's a lot of this conversation that ha happens on, on time. And I don't necessarily think that you do networking in only one way. I think what you actually do is invest in keeping in touch with people and delivering continual value. Uh, I think, and you can do that in lots of ways, right? Like, I mean, I put out six podcasts a week and a million shorts and, and, and I'm on LinkedIn. Like, like you can in, be engaged, but then that also matter of like responding to comments. Like I take the time to respond to everybody that emails me or comments, comments anything that I do. That way I can actually like, like that is just as valuable in interaction. I keep my Calendly link available like online. Like it's not really that hard to get on my schedule. Like if you want to, you want to sit down and talk with me, like it's, I'm available. Right? Like I make myself available for that kind of stuff. I'm constantly shooting videos for people that send me LinkedIn stuff. Like my response will be, I'll shoot a video back and just have a conversation with them. Uh, so I look at it as well-rounded and then I do a lot of listening. Uh, I am I am lurking in way more forums and, <laughs> and Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups than you and might possibly imagine so that I'm listening to the to what's going on and then providing value when I think it's appropriate. Dave, this is David, and I want to kind of add to that, if you don't mind. You mentioned the phrase delivering value, and you're finding ways to do that. And that may not necessarily mean you're on every single roadshow, every single conference, every single event. Obviously, we ran into each other at IT Nation, and we had some time to interact there. But you said, look, I'm, I'm staying involved. I'm bringing value in different ways with a personal touch, whether that's through your exchanges via email, whether that's through your comments, that you're reaching back out to the people that say something on your podcast or on your 
your show. There's ways you're doing that. And I appreciate that. And to me, there's an art. There's an art to listening and finding the gems. There's an art to listening and asking the right questions that we're thinking about, but we don't often say. And that's what you've been doing. Can I ask you what else you're learning, Dave, about yourself through this journey, through this process at this stage of your life, now that you're on this side of the fence, so to speak? What are you learning about yourself through all this? God, I'm a bad listener. <laughs> like, like, we like, can all get better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. But by the way, you got to practice. Like, you got to practice, 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 practice. Like, and and that's important to sort of know that about yourself. I'm distracted by shiny objects. Like, I get like I need to be care. Like, you know, that that being overly sometimes I get overly enthusiastic and I can miss a miss a trend about something because I get like a little too hyped about it. I think it's it's about constantly just just knowing that it like the fun is the journey right is the continual yeah. of like getting better at it and practicing it and you know and and that i'm enjoying that piece uh you know i'm in my my late 40s i'm looking at a you know milestone birthday not too far away uh you spend a lot of time starting to think about like the you know hey what what do i want that legacy to be like how do i want to be perceived by others what have i done right what have i done wrong um, you know, and, and I, and I've tried to embrace that and just sort of say like, I, you know what, I, it's okay. Like, I, you know, and, and, and if I'm having a little bit of fun every day, I'm doing something right. Uh, I do think a lot about like delivering value. Like, I mean, I'm, I am incredibly grateful that people spend 10 minutes a day with me. Like that's, that's like, wow. You, you know, and I, I think a lot about like, was it good? Like, did I do a good 10? Did I do a good job today? Like, was that 10 minutes like useful? Like, you know, and, 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 you know, and I spent a lot of time thinking about that, like probably more than you, than everybody thinks like is, is like, you know, and I love the, I love feedback. I love being told I'm wrong. Like I'm totally cool with it because, because by the way that I learn and I explore the why, why did the person think I was wrong? Like, what, what did I miss? What could I like do better next time? Like that's, that's a fun interaction. I do know to like ignore haters. Like there's a difference on like somebody who just wants to be angry. That's different. But like at the same time, when somebody's coming back and saying, no, nah, Dave, I think you're totally off base. And here's my five points. Like, wow, you listened and you thought it through and you gave me five points. Like I, now I want, now I eat that up. So yeah, I don't know. I learned a lot about myself and the way that I think and communicate over this. This is Danny and uh, Dave and I, since birth have been fighting to try to get our voices heard. And I say this a lot during podcasts because I want to jump in. Dave's been hogging our guest. Uh, so Dave, before David can jump back in again, I want to ask you a, a fun question. So if our audience can't visually see Dave, he always wears his brand on. He has a sports coat on as well. Uh, Dave, what do you do to, to keep this bubbly personality that you have? Because all of your podcasts, the way you interact with your, your guests, the way you give information out, it always sounds as if you're just uh, from a place of gratitude and just joy. So what are you doing that just keeps you bubbly? Because you're a very, <laughs> when I say very bubbly person, when people talk to you and, and when they hear from you. So what is it? There's got to be some type of trick because a lot of people in IT, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but we're not always the most bubbly people. We, we're, we're serious. We're focused. Uh, you talk to us, we may give you a very monotone type of response. But you you have this way of just like, man, I just gave you 10 uh, cans of Mountain Dew and you're just you're bubbly. So what is it? I've always been high energy. I don't mind saying that. Um, you know, this is going to sound a little, a little corny, but I really believe this and I focus this on every day. You, the only thing you get to control is you, but you do get to control you. 
And I try, it's not always perfect, but I try. And you get up every every morning and say, I'm gonna have fun and it's gonna be a good day. And like, and it's it like, and note I started with, I'm gonna have fun, right? <laughs> like I'm gonna have fun and it's gonna be a good day. Because that's the only thing I get truly in life. That's the only thing I get to control, right? There's all, I don't get to control anybody else. I don't get to control all the stuff that happens around me. I don't like I can maybe influence when I'm lucky, right? Like, but but ultimately the 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 only thing you get to control is you. And by the way, you are a hundred percent control of your own emotions. Like, want to have space for people that there there are you know there, there's different exceptions to that. But as a general rule, you control you. You can own that, and you can choose to be happy. Like you can just choose it like every single day. And by the way, life's kind of awesome when you choose to be happy. Like, <laughs> like it, it's the, you know, you choose to have fun. Usually people around you also engage and it becomes yeah. fun. We've been talking this time. You guys have been smiling. I'm smiling. Like we're, we have chosen to have fun. Uh, and things, even things that are like perceived as boring can be fun particularly when you embrace it and know that like there's, I don't know, beauty in the complexity of boring things or the ability to make people's lives. Like I quip all the time that like some of the most valuable things business-wise sound the most boring, like medical transcription processing for billing purposes. Sounds like incredibly boring. Right. <laughs> but the people that are into it, like are kind of passionate about doing it right. And like, about, and like, and there's complexity in the data management the security. Like you can look at that, that kind of seemingly boring idea and find it's actual, like interesting learnings and the complexity and the fun of it. Those people get into it to, they don't get into it to be bad at it. Right. They get, you know, nobody, nobody gets into something to be bad at it. They get into be good and you can have fun at the same time. And I, and I just sort of, you ask, like, it's that like every day, like you get up every day and you say, I'm going to have fun today. <laughs> and I try to. I'm not every not perfect. You know, some days aren't some days aren't perfect. You get get sick one day or you're off or you like you didn't sleep right. Like it happens. And then you have to acknowledge that and move on. But like most days, eh, I've just chosen to have a good time. <laughs> Dave, this is David. And what I want our listening audience to know is that you have to have that mindset, the right type of mindset as you invoke on a busy schedule, a busy week. You have quotas you have to hit. But at the end of the day, as Dave mentioned, you can only control your mindset, your attitude to the day, your focus of how you're going to respond to the things that come at you. And Dave said, look, I'm choosing to have fun. I'm choosing to find joy. I'm choosing to find the silver lining in anything that's coming before me. That's the mindset to have. And I appreciate that, Dave, so much in you and everything about you. Now, for our listening audience out there, you may not know something about Dave that I'm going to throw out there. He is a huge Major League Baseball, Washington Nationals fan, a huge Washington Capitals fan of the NHL. He loves his sports, and he will fight you. Try to stump him sometime <laughs> on a fact from a World Series or the last time they won. I tried that. He caught me. He got me when I tried to stump him on that. Uh, but you know dude, what he also loves to do? <laughs> I am a I am a DC sports fan. Let's be very very clear. I love my I love my local teams. Like I'm a I love. By the way, who doesn't love baseball? It's only played on nice days outside with beer. This sounds like a wonderful way to spend my afternoon. <laughs> so you know, Dave, you know the, the other thing you do, it, and I found this out through our conversation, and of course we're building our friendship here, Dave. You're not even from the state of Texas, and yet you love smoking meat. Can you tell us how you got into this hobby? 
which meat is your favorite to smoke? What type of smoker are you using? And what uh, is it about this that you love? Uh, those Texas people, they're not the only one who smokes meat. Virginia, <laughs> actually known for a lot of that, been around a lot longer as a state, everybody. Like, like in that Carolina style, like that's our neighbor. So that's the whole thing. You know, it's it's kind of how did I get into smoking meats? I don't know. It was an adventure. I didn't know how to do it. Uh, and it was a good excuse to have a party like in my 20s. Like it was like, this sounds like fun. Let's get a whole bunch of my friends together after smoking a pig. Like that was literally the idea. Is this and I don't know how to do it. So let's learn how to do it, right? And so the first version was renting the big towable cooker and driving out to get the hundred pound pig, like and learning how to do it. Uh Practice makes perfect, right? And and you kind of iterate over that, but it's fun. Again, it's a great fun thing to do, and it's slow. Oftentimes, hanging out with your friends, chatting. Uh, maybe there's a festive beverage in my hand at the same time. Like this seems like a great social activity, right? So that's kind of where it started. And then there's a certain certain joy in the like, you know, you can begin, middle, and end an entire process on this. And it doesn't have to be rushed, right? Like slow cooking is fun because it's slow. Uh, and so for me, it's evolved. You know, I evolved from trying to do a party with my friends, which seemed like a lot of fun, to, hey, I like perfecting this. Oh, the meat's pretty good. Oh, I'm getting pretty good at this. This is fun. I'm not going to be competitive about it, but yeah, my pill park's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I've moved to the Big Green Egg. Uh, I moved to that about uh, maybe a decade ago. So I smoke in the Big Green Egg. Uh, I smoke meats i make a mean killer steak you know i do do steaks on it i do i've smoked cheeses i make my own bacon like and, and a lot of it was literally just my wife poking me going like i bet you can't make cheese and i'm like i bet i can <laughs> like right she, she, she's like i bet you don't know how to smoke cheese well now let me learn she, i bet you don't know how to make bacon no i don't now i now i must uh i challenge accepted right so and it you can hear the the laugh in my joy. It's like, yeah, it's fun, right? It's fun to get to to try something, learn it all out. Uh, you know, messed up a few too, um, and so that's how I get into smoking meats. This is just sort of one of those things that is fun to do. It can be a social activity. By the way, the end, you have a bunch of delicious food you can serve to your friends. That sounds pretty awesome. Uh, you know, so it's it's a good way to, to to hang out. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with a humanized IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employee skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further. 
than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. This is Danny. I'm, I'm happy to hear that because I tell all the people that we work with all the time, you have to have a hobby or have to do something outside of your work because you are a master of your craft, which is awesome. A lot of the MSP owners out there, they're amazing. They're intelligent. They try to do what's best for their, their clients, but they also need to take a step back and to do something that's relaxing and fun. But when you talked about smoking meats, it goes back to the idea that you're always learning. You're always trying to gather as much information as possible and then try it out. And I want to encourage the audience out there today, look, if there's something that you've always wanted to go after and there's something you're passionate about, just try it out. Just go out and just try it out and see what happens. You may actually bring your region on the map to even challenge Texas when it comes to smoking meats. And I'm excited. Your, your <laughs> those wife are, challenges those are fighting words. Cheese, I'm not getting it. myself into trouble over that one. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll add the other thing was, but don't be, don't be afraid of failure, right? Yes. Like it's okay. What the, actually the worst thing that can happen is fail slow. There's, if you sort of stack rank it, like success, of course, success is awesome, right? You want to be successful. Failing fast and learning something is actually right there behind it because I learned something, right? If I screwed it up, ah, wow. When I, when I put the temperature that way, the steak is charred. Like that's, that is no, that is no fun. The worst is failing slowly where you don't actually realize that it's not working and you're kind of flailing in it. Like that's actually the one to be, to be worried. I keep checking yourself to make sure that you're not failing slowly because, because you can get yourself into a lot of trouble that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Dave, the great thing about being a twin, I'm going to tell you, say this, Dave, is that one of us is going to experiment first and then the other <laughs> one would determine if they want to do that. So when it comes to doing certain, certain travels, certain types of foods, even growing up, we, we, traveled all over the world. We're, we're military brats. And, and I had a chance to also serve eight years in the military. So we would travel. And one of the favorite places I love to live is in Europe. And so we'll look at each other and Dave will try it. And then I'll see, well, if he likes it, then I'm going to like it. And yeah. we didn't even have our own taste buds. We just had each other's taste buds. So if Dave liked it, I liked it. If he didn't like it, I probably <laughs> won't like it. Um, but now as adults, it's very interesting that we'll still do the same thing. We'll travel to conferences or speak together at conferences and, and, and roadshows and events. 
and I'll see some dish or something and I'll look at Dave and say, who's going to try it first uh, to see <laughs> who's going to like it. But right. I want to encourage the audience, go out there, learn, go out there and try something. And as Dave said, it's okay to fail, but learn quickly. Just learn quickly, get up and move forward. Uh, if you're going to fail, fail forward. That's what I always tell people because then it's easier to get up and start walking again and start, start doing it again. So Dave, thanks for that insight. And if you ever come to Texas and you ever want to do some uh, grilling out here and some smoking out here, let us know because the best relationships happen, not just on the golf course between each each hole, but you can actually smoke a brisket. You can actually have a couple <laughs> of long necks. You can relax, have fun, and you can have deep conversations. So either way, come on up to Texas. We'll be more than welcome to have you here. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. That'd be great fun. And, and, you're, and you're exactly right. There's the social element. That's the other cool thing about doing this stuff is, is, is it is good to make friends. Dave, this is David. And this is why it's so much fun. And I can't tell you how excited I am to eventually get that invite, come to D.C. and have a steak. Since that's your specialty, I want to <laughs> do that. But more than that, what I really appreciate is that you stay a learner. And in this space, you have to be curious. And for so many of the leaders that we follow, so many of our friends that are leading these organizations, it's that curiosity that's led them to taking this thing called AI, this thing called machine learning, automation. They're pushing the industry to the edge because they're ever evolving. They're putting out more tools. They're putting out more areas and avenues for us to assess all the different opportunities for us to grow our organizations, to grow ourselves. So that's what we have. And I also want to say it's been a pleasure to have such a well-known voice within our sector. It's clear that you love what you do. It's clear that you're passionate about the things that you go after. It's my hope as Dan and I support that driver of yours to say, let's become more diverse in this space. Let's become more well-rounded in this space. Let's get to the point where we all celebrate these things. We're there with you. We're behind you. If you want a trusted voice, not necessarily Barry White, but one that's well-known in this sector, make sure you follow Dave Sobel. It's clear that he is someone worth following for all your IT services-focused news, analytical podcasts, incredible guests. This is what you're going to get from Dave Sobel. Follow his work. Follow his podcast. Visit businessof.tech to get more insight into how you can be a sponsor of his or support him. Dave, thank you for not only lending your voice to our program, but continue to help encourage our work, what we're doing, so that we can bring a voice and a light to our sector. Dave, grateful for you. Thank you. Oh, guys, thanks for having me. That is the nicest way to say he's got some great hairs that I've heard in a while. So <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been great fun. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership.